Hi everyone, it's Hall and welcome back to Horrid Happenings. Thank you so much for joining me again today. I feel like I need some music. No, I definitely need some music at the beginning. I am keep saying I'm going to do it and I've not done it. I'm an unorganised mess and so apologies. I also apologise for the fact that there's been a big delay in between each episode. Again, I'm just not with it and I'm also sorry because I'm not doing a case that I claimed I was going to be doing. I get halfway through doing notes on one thing and then I find another story and I'm like, oh, I'm going to do that one first. So my laptop is just full of unfinished notes, but you know, we'll get there. This is why there's so much time between each episode because I am an unorganised mess and I don't think that that will ever change. But anyway, here we go. I hope you're all okay. Hope that your weeks haven't been as long as mine this week and just hard work. I am ready for a beer, that's for sure. So this case is going to be a bit, maybe it might be a bit of a mini save today, possibly. And it's a case that many of you will be probably aware of. It's the Torso Killer. There has been books written, um, I think a TV drama and a movie, which I will find and pop in at the end so you know what they're called. But yes, this is the case of the Torso Killer. There's not really any trigger warnings for this one. Let's just, so let's just go. Let's just get straight into this. So on March the 16th, 1946, five children were out playing in the woods in Hamilton, Ontario, when they stumbled upon a torso. Upon further investigation, professionals found that the torso, which had two bullet wounds in from a handgun, no head, legs or arms attached to it, belonged to a local man named John Dick, who had actually been reported missing by his cousin several days earlier. John Dick was born on the 25th of May 1906 in Russia. John and his parents, amongst many other families, were actually fleeing the Russian Revolution at the time and the Dick family ended their journey in 1924, settling in Beamsville, Ontario. In early 1940s, John moved over to Hamilton to find work and landed a job with the Hamilton Street Railway. I am going to go going to talk about that again, so I'm just going to call it the HSR. He landed a job as a streetcar and bus driver. Whilst working at the HSR, he met a woman named Evelyn McLean. Evelyn McLean was born on the 13th of October 1920 in Beamsville, Canada. She was born to parents Donald and Alexandra McLean, who were Scottish immigrants. Donald was born in 1878 and Alexandra in 1885. One year after Evelyn was born, the family moved to Rosslyn Avenue in Hamilton, where her father Donald became a streetcar conductor for the Hamilton Street Railway. Evelyn attended Memorial High School and Canada Business College and she also attended Loretto Academy Private Catholic School for Girls. According to the Canadian Encyclopedia, the Macleans were big spenders, but that money was unfortunately not always honest money. Donald was said to have slipped his hand multiple times into the HSR vaults. This money was used a lot to pay for Donald's alcohol addiction. It was used to send Evelyn to private school and also used so the family could perceive this big lavish lifestyle to the outside world. They like spending and to spend you've got to have money guys. During her childhood Donald wasn't just an alcoholic though, he was an abusive one unfortunately and her mother was big on looks and appearances which explains why they wanted this big lavish lifestyle. As Evelyn was growing into a beautiful young woman, her mother decided it was perfect for her because Evelyn could just put her good looks to use. That's what she could use to get her through life. Because it's all about looks, people. 
So she taught Evelyn how to trick men with her beauty. And she won round some very wealthy suitors and noblemen in Hamilton. She was getting them to buy her expensive furs, lavish jewellery, and she was just doing the damn thing. I mean, she's, you'll learn later, she's a twat. But for now, she's just doing the damn thing. Go off. Evelyn became pregnant with her first child in July 1942. She gave birth to a daughter. I didn't want to find her name because I don't think it's necessary. It's said that she did surrender the daughter to her mother's care. Shortly after Evelyn was pregnant with a second child, unfortunately that ended with a stillbirth. In September 1944, Evelyn fell pregnant again and this time she gave birth to a baby boy and she named the little boy Peter. When she arrived home to her parents' house though, after giving birth, she was actually alone. She claimed that her father didn't want another child in the house, so she gave Peter up for adoption to the Children's Aid Society. Once back home with her parents is when she met John Dick. Evelyn was 15 years his junior and her parents were not happy at all about the relationship that they had. But that didn't matter because on October the 4th, 1945, after a whirlwind romance, the couple actually wed in a small ceremony in Hamilton. This love was not one to last though, as after three months of marriage they did separate. The couple had been fighting non-stop about money and infidelities, Evelyn's being that she actually had a boyfriend named Bill, who she slept with mere days after the wedding. Another wedge between them was the fact that Evelyn presumed that John could provide her a lavish lifestyle that she wanted. He'd presented himself well and she presumed that he had all this money, but it wasn't long, I think it was like a day, after they got married she realised he didn't have all this cash at all and that is when she ignited her affair with Bill amongst other men. John was adamant they could work on the marriage though and he did convince Evelyn to let him move in with her. After three months of non-stop arguing John decided to leave the house and he went on to live with his cousins Alex and Anne on Gertrude Street. Even though their marriage was fiery Evelyn did actually spill some family secrets to John before they split. One of those being the fact that her father had been taking money from the vaults at the HSR. John found this particularly interesting and he used it as like kind of a bribe to Donald to try get him to help Evelyn be the classy respectable wife that John wanted him to be and get Evelyn back into his arms. Donald didn't take too kindly to this threat at all. I mean that's his daughter. And he decided I'm going to threaten you right back bitch. And he threatened John right back but with death. John actually said that he reported this to the police, but nothing happened after that. Now, March 1946 was the last month that John was seen alive. The 6th of March, John was at a restaurant in Hamilton. It's reported he ordered soup, pie and a coffee, and then he was never seen or heard from again after this. Ten days after is when his torso was found by the children. They first mistook it for a pig, but upon further investigation, they realised it was a human torso, and it was found about half a mile north of the Albion Falls. They found it to be John's body after discovering a prominent cyst on his backside that his brother-in-law identified, and apparently he had an undescended testicle. John was only 39 years old at the time. They found that his arms, legs and head had been sawn off his torso. It didn't take investigators long to have Evelyn in their sights as a prime suspect and she was pretty fucking suspicious from the start. So two police officers had arrived at her home to tell her the awful news of finding her husband's murdered body. Before she got home they'd been let in by her mother and they were chatting and when Evelyn walked through the door they didn't expect at all that before they even opened their mouths to talk she just shouted at them don't look at me I don't know anything about it. Which, you know, don't be suspicious, don't be suspicious. 
She then took the police on a pretty fucking wild ride with her stories. She claimed that her former boyfriend, Bill, was involved. She had knowledge of it being a mafia hit and that two Italian men had come to the house demanding to know where her husband was. She said they were really intimidating, really scary, and they must have been the ones that committed the murder. I mean, it's, it's so obvious, guys. They did it. They obviously did it. Anyway, during her time being questioned, though, the police made a full search of her home, trying to find any evidence that they could that would confirm their suspicions that she was the one that actually killed him. And while searching through her attic, they did come across some evidence indeed, but this evidence wasn't anything to do with John Dick. It was something entirely separate. Now, kind of trigger warning, guys. Up in Evelyn's attic, they found an old suitcase collecting dust in the corner. And inside, they found the remains of a very small infant encased in cement. They found that this was, in fact, baby Peter, the son that she claimed she had given up to children's aid. An autopsy of um, baby Peter revealed that he'd actually died from suffocation, possibly by strangulation. So this bitch is in deep shit now. And the police were determined that that wasn't the only time she'd killed. She'd killed again and she'd killed her husband. So next was a search of the McLean family home. Whilst there, they actually found charred human remains, teeth and pieces of a dirty HSR uniform in the furnace. They also came across blood-stained uh, seats in the car that belonged to the family. They found a necktie that um, was traced back to being John's. When testing the blood that they found, it was type O, which, was, which John's was as well. And the car that they found the blood in was actually frequently used by Evelyn herself. In the basement, they found bullet holes in the pipework, bloodstained shoes that belonged to John, and they found two knives they suspected were used to, be, to cut up John's body. They also found in the home a 32 caliber five-shot handgun, which turned out to be the same gun used in the shooting of John Dick. With all this, the family and Bill were arrested and charged with the murder of John Dick. Evelyn and Bill were then also charged with the murder of Peter. They became aware of Donald's other dodgy dealings and he was charged with the theft of thousands of dollars from the HSR. In the run-up to the trials, Evelyn's attorneys actually had moved for her to be tried separately from Bill and her father. They hoped that doing this would portray Evelyn as this attractive and meek young woman who just couldn't possibly be capable of murder. And the media had a field day with reporting on her. Out of all of them, Evelyn was the one that they focused on the most. It was pretty much unheard of that a woman in Canada can commit such a crime, especially murder. You can find a lot of these newspaper clippings online if you want to go and have a look at that. Alexandra McLean opted to testify against her daughter in exchange for immunity. So on the 7th of October 1946 at Hamilton's Wentworth County Courthouse, the extremely long time of the trials began. In the trial um, concerning the murder of John, a pathologist stated that yes, the torso had two bullet wounds, but they were superficial and they wouldn't have killed him. So with no knowledge of his cause of death, being that his head and limbs were incinerated, they concluded that he likely died from a gunshot wound to the head. They put forward that they believed the torso was too difficult to cut through and was too big to fit in the furnace, which is why that was the only part of the body that was dumped. So basically, they cut off his head, cut off his arms, cut off his legs, possibly cut them up further, incinerated them, but realised they couldn't do anything with the torso, so went and dumped the torso at Albion Falls. Alexandra testified that her daughter Evelyn was actually missing for a period of time on the 6th of March, which was the day that John Dick was last seen alive. 
When she'd arrived home that day, her and her mother had chatted about John, with Evelyn saying that John would no longer be coming around. And when like Alexander had asked if something had happened to him, Evelyn had just said no more. She just said he won't be coming around. So on October the 16th, 1946, with other, evide other evidence against her, although a lot was circumstantial, they did find Evelyn guilty of the murder of John Dick and they sentenced her to death and she was to be hanged for her crime. But Evelyn's attorneys appealed this on November the 13th and they were successful in doing so. Evelyn was granted a new trial on January the 17th, 1947. Her trial was taken over by John J. Robinette, I think is how you pronounce his name, a man who actually became famous from these trials. During this second trial, he managed to convince the jury that it was in fact Donald who had committed the murder and Evelyn was just as innocent as could be when it came to this crime. So she was actually found not guilty. For her trial over the tragedy of baby Peter, though, John Jay brought in a psychiatrist who testified that during childhood, Evelyn suffered a lot of trauma and she had that of a 13-year-old child's mind. They heard how she'd named the baby um, Peter David White after a man she claimed had died at war and she was became widow. Turns out that this man was possibly, in fact, fiction and she was just cuckooing that lady. But... John was very, very good at what he did, and although they did found Evelyn, find Evelyn guilty, it was of a lesser charge of manslaughter, and the judge sentenced her to life in prison on March the 25th, possibly the 26th, 1947. Alexandra also claimed in a testimony that her husband owned a large butcher's knife and a 32 caliber handgun. So with Donald's trial, he was convicted of being an accessory to murder, and he was sentenced to five years in prison. Bill was tried, but then he was later cleared of all the charges and released. Now, I am, before I go any further, I'm going to give you a run through of all the dates of the trials, the charges, etc., because there is a lot. And I've just kind of given you a little overview of what happened in them. But now I'm going to give you each date and a sentence of what happened on that date. And hopefully it will all come together at the end. And you're not as confused as I was when I first read through it all. <laughs> so March the 16th, 1946 was when the torso was found in the woods. March the 19th, the torso is confirmed to be John Dix. On March the 20th, Evelyn was arrested and charged with vagrancy, which I'm guessing is to do with the stolen money, and her bail was withheld. March the 21st, Bill was arrested on charge of possessing um, an unregistered revolver and the court refused his bail. On March the 23rd, Donald McLean appeared in court charged with the theft from his employers and he was actually granted a $2,000 um, bail. On March the 25th, they that's when they found baby Peter's body. March the 29th, Bill is charged with the murder of John Dick and baby Peter. On March the 29th, Evelyn is charged with the murder of baby Peter. April the 15th, Donald and Alexandra are charged with the murder of John Dick. April the 24th, Evelyn, Bill, Donald and Alexandra go on trial for the murder of John Dick. October the 7th, the court announces a separate trial for Evelyn in John Dick's murder. October the 10th, Evelyn is ruled in contempt of court after she actually refused to testify at the trial of Donald and Bill. October the 16th, Evelyn is found guilty of the murder of John Dick. November the 13th, Evelyn appeals her conviction. December the 9th, Evelyn's date of executions carried over from the 7th of January till February the 7th. January the 17th, 
1947, Evelyn is granted a new trial in the murder of her husband. On January the 25th, the Attorney General appeals to the Supreme Court for Evelyn's case. On February the 12th, the Attorney General's appeal is refused. February the 24th, Evelyn's second trial begins in the murder of John Dick. March the 7th, Evelyn is found not guilty of the murder of her husband and the Attorney General announces the acquittal. On March the 10th, Bill and Donald are released on a $5,000 bail each. March the 24th, Evelyn goes on trial for the murder of baby Peter. March the 25th, Evelyn is convicted of manslaughter. March the 26th, Evelyn is sentenced to life imprisonment. March the 26th is when Bill goes on trial for the murder of baby Peter. March the 29th, Bill is actually found not guilty in baby Peter's death. March the 31st, Bill is tried on a charge for murdering John Dick and he is acquitted after Evelyn is refused to testify and no further evidence can be brought forward, so he walked, he was a free man. March the 31st, there was two appeals that are appending concerning Donald, but obviously, as we know, after that, he is, char he is charged and he is sentenced to five years in prison. So I know I repeat a lot, um, a lot of things there, but hopefully that gives you a bit, a bit more of a clear view of what actually happened. So in 1958, after serving 11 years in Kingston Penitentiary, Evelyn was actually released. She seemed to vanish into thin air. She took on a new identity and she started a new life elsewhere, out of reach of anyone except for those who she had to report to at the RCMP. I nearly said RSPC. <laughs> Jesus Christ. She's actually been rumoured to have been seen in London, Ontario. There was also a rumour that she died in a house fire in 1987 in Bimbrook, but again, they are actually just rumours. In 1985, Evelyn was pardoned and her case was permanently sealed. Alexandra died at the age of 78 or 79 on the 7th of July 1964. Donald died in 1995 at the age of 76, 77, and he's buried next to his wife at Woodland Cemetery in Hamilton. What people believe is that, as a family, the McLeans planned and killed John, possibly in the basement of the home before then cutting up his body there and dumping what they couldn't in the woods and burning the rest. John Dick's murder has never officially been solved. I feel like we all know what happened. There's no where, whys or whos that have come up other than what we already know. But the story of his fate has fascinated many, as it still does to this day. Many books have been written, like I said. Um, the play that was created was called How Could You, Mrs. Dick? So the TV drama that was made was called Torso, the Evelyn Dick story. And there was a musical-style movie produced called The Black Widow. Also, interesting fact is that the 32 caliber five-shot handgun that was used to kill John Dick is, or suspected to be used to kill John Dick, is now actually kept in a display box in the Hamilton Police trailer, and they use that as a travelling department museum. It is still unknown to this day where Evelyn went, or how long she lived for, or even if she's still alive to this day. Um, there is people that put online, could this be the torso killer? And they have like a picture of her at a trial when she was 20 fucking five. And then a picture of her, or oh, an older lady now. And they're like, this is, is this the torso killer? It's just pictures of these poor women who probably have no fucking idea what's going on. And yeah, but that's, that's people. That's, that's social media guys. 
But that is the fucking tea. That's the story of the torso killer. I know it was a little bit confusing in there. I hope I did it justice. I hope you enjoyed listening to this one. Bit of a mini-sode for you there. Sites that I used, the Canadian Encyclopedia, there was stuff on Wikipedia. I looked through a lot of the newspaper clippings that you can just find by Googling them. I think there is a lot of other podcasts that have done probably a better dive into this case than I have. So please go ahead and have a search, have a listen. Thank you very much for taking the time to listen to mine today. I really hope you guys have a wonderful rest of the week, weekend, whatever you're up to. And I hope that you keep listening and I will speak to you soon. Thank you so much. Bye.